0: On today's story session, a very questionable tale about how judging people by their looks sometimes works. This is Bluebeard. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Welcome to the Shadow Bear Story Sessions, the podcast about how brutally dark and totally insane folk tales and fairy tales used to be, which in my opinion just made them way better. So we're going through the original versions of Grimm's fairy tales, story by story. We'll figure out the intended lessons and the actual lessons of each story, and afterwards I'll adapt the tale into a movie or a TV show. Let's get right to it with today's tale, titled Bluebeard. We begin. There was once a man who lived in a forest with three sons and a beautiful daughter. I'm just going to go ahead and predict right now that the daughter is going to have a rough time over the course of the story and probably get screwed over by the father at some point. One day, a golden coach drawn by six horses and attended by several servants came driving up to his house. After the coach stopped, a king stepped out and asked him if he could have his daughter for his wife. Huh, okay, well that seems like a good thing, but how the hell does the king even know about this girl, and why does he want her to be his wife? This is super suspicious. Feels like a setup somehow. Why is this king just randomly proposing to this forest girl? Be very, very skeptical here, Dad. The man was happy that his daughter would benefit from such a stroke of good fortune, and immediately said yes. Ugh. There was nothing objectionable about the suitor except for his beard, which was totally blue, and made one shudder somewhat whenever one looked at it. Hmm. At first the maiden also felt frightened by it and resisted marrying him. Huh. Okay. She doesn't want to marry a king just because his beard is blue? And they do literally say that that's the only thing about him that's unusual— Or not great. So he's just a totally normal guy, except for the beard. He's a king. Maybe he's got some cool hair dye that other people don't have access to. What's so weird about this? And Actually, you know what? She's probably resisting marrying him because he just randomly showed up in the woods and asked to marry her for seemingly no reason. That's suspicious, and she's totally right to be wary of this guy. So... She's just looking for an excuse because she doesn't trust the situation, (laughs) and I don't blame her. And the blue beard is the only thing she can cling to as justification for that. So you know what? More power to you, girl. Call out the beard as the reason you don't want to marry this guy. Fair enough. We continue. But her father kept urging her, and finally she consented. However, her fear was so great that she first went to her brothers, took them aside, and said... Dear brothers, if you hear me scream, leave everything standing or lying wherever you are, and come to my aid. Okay, well, that's not a great plan, because she's leaving. So, they won't be able to hear her if she screams when she's gone. They're in the middle of the forest. Unless she has some sort of superpower or weird psychic connection to them whenever she screams. But yeah, she's clearly like... Who the fuck is this weird guy who showed up to marry me when I don't even know him? I don't trust this. Be ready, guys. The brothers kissed her and promised to do this. Gross. Farewell, dear sister. If we hear your voice, we'll jump on our horses and soon be at your side. Then she got into the coach, sat down next to Bluebeard, and drove away with him. When she reached his castle, she found everything splendid, and whatever the queen desired was fulfilled. All right? Not so bad now. They would have been very happy together if she had only been able to have accustomed herself to the king's blue beard. <laughs> However, whenever she saw it, she felt frightened. Okay, well, you know, maybe he's just a great guy who happens to like girls from the forest and he just likes having a blue beard also. So it's, it says that things are going great. So maybe just get on board here, lady. He's got a blue beard. Get over it. It seems like he's got a great personality because it does literally say that they would have been very happy together if this girl could just get over the blue beard thing. But it does beg the question, this king can choose to marry whoever he wants, right? You'd think he'd want someone who isn't terrified of his face. <laughs> I mean, Well, maybe he gets off on that somehow. Maybe he likes that, which is in line with his weird... Kind of creepy decisions up to this point. In any event, we continue. After some time had passed, he said to her, I must go on a long journey. Here are the keys to the entire castle. You can open all the rooms and look at everything. But I forbid you to open one particular room, which this little golden key can unlock. If you open it, you will pay for it with your life. Huh? You know, this is very similar to an earlier story, but in that one, it was this weird magician's house. This is a king with a whole castle. I'm pretty sure that's not how castles work. It's not just like, here's the keys, trash goes out on Tuesdays. We, we know they've got servants and everything. It's it said that. Wouldn't it be the servants running the castle? I mean, yes, I if he's got secret rooms, maybe he needs the keys to those. But in that case, why even give them to her? Just keep, keep the keys with you on your trip Unless it's a test. I mean, we know it's a test. Obviously, it's a test. But in that case, if it's a test, fuck you, dude. Don't be playing mind games with people like that. I hate it when people do stuff just to test how others will react. Manipulative and not cool. Anyway, we continue. She took the key and promised to obey him. Once he had departed, she opened one door after another and saw so many treasures and magnificent things that she thought they must have been gathered from all over the world. Soon, nothing was left but the forbidden room. Since the key was made of gold, she believed that the most precious things were probably kept there. Her curiosity began to gnaw at her, and she certainly would have passed over all the other rooms if she could have only seen what was in this one. At last, her desire became so great that she took the key and went to the room. Who can possibly see when I open it, she said to herself. I'll just glance inside. No, lady. Come on. I mean, I, okay, I mean, I know it has to happen for the story, but I hate this type of shit. Where it's like, it's the one thing he said not to do, so it's the thing she wants to do the most. Fuck off. Have some self-control. <laughs> Ugh. Then she unlocked the room, and when the door opened, a stream of blood flowed toward her, and she saw dead women hanging along all the walls, some only skeletons. Her horror was so tremendous that she immediately slammed the door, but the key popped out of the lock and fell into the blood. Swiftly, she picked it up and tried to wipe away the blood, but to no avail. When she wiped the blood away on one side, it appeared on the other. She sat down, rubbed the key throughout the day, and tried everything possible, but nothing helped. The bloodstains could not be erased. Finally, in the evening, she stuck it into some hay, which was supposed to be able to absorb the blood. Huh. Not sure how great of a plan that is. Okay, this is so similar to that other story. That was a magic egg that was bloodstained, though, but that also involved a series of sisters, and she's the only sister here, so it's gotta have a different ending. Anyway, so old Bluebeard's got a room full of dead ladies, and she shoved the magic bloodstained key into hay, based on a very questionable theory about the blood-absorbing qualities of hay. I don't know. We continue. The following day, Bluebeard came back he was only gone for a day and she couldn't control herself come on and the first thing he requested was the bunch of keys her heart pounded as she brought the keys and she hoped that he wouldn't notice that the golden one was missing (laughs) come on lady it's the golden one he's gonna notice it's the one that he pointed out before leaving also I thought this was a long trip seems like he was gone for literally a day or two We continue. However, he counted all of them, and when he was finished, he said, "'Where's the key to the secret room?' As he said this, he looked straight into her eyes, causing her to blush red as blood. "'It's upstairs,' she answered. "'I misplaced it. Tomorrow I'll go and look for it.'" (laughs) "'Tomorrow? You are a horrible liar, lady.'" You'd better go now, dear wife. I need it today. Ooh. Why does he need it today? Does he have more dead ladies to add to his collection? Or maybe he just wants to go look at the dead ladies that he's already got? It's not a good good thing when he needs his dead lady room key. I mean, maybe he talks to their bodies or something, and he's going to tell them about his fun trip. I don't know. She replied... Oh, I might as well tell you. I lost it in the hay. I'll have to go and search for it first. You haven't lost it, Bluebeard said angrily. You stuck it there so the hay would absorb the (laughs) bloodstains. So he knows about the hay bloodstained thing too? That's like common knowledge in olden times? That's not a thing. That's definitely not a thing. Man, that's the most absorbent thing they had back in olden times. Must have been rough. He continued, It's clear that you've disobeyed my command and entered the room. Now you'll enter the room, whether you want to or not. Uh-oh. Then he ordered her to fetch the key, which was still stained with blood. Okay, so the hay didn't even work. Obviously. Obviously. As we all could have predicted. They make this whole big deal about this hay soaking up all the blood, and it doesn't do shit. Big surprise. Hay definitely isn't great at absorbing stuff. Anyway, we continue. Now prepare yourself for your death. You shall die today, Bluebeard declared. He fetched his big knife and took her to the threshold of the house. Oh, he got his big knife, eh? I can just imagine him rummaging around being like, Oh, where's the big one? It's my favorite for lady murdering. I don't understand why she has to die, though. What if she was just like, I don't care about the murder, I'm queen. I kind of assumed being royalty meant you murder enemies and commoners and shit. The only thing that bothers me about you is your blue fucking beard. Murder is fine, just tell me why your beard is that weird color. Ugh. She replied, Just let me say my prayers before I die. All right, go ahead. But you'd better hurry. I don't have much time to waste. (laughs) Oh, oh, he's busy. He wants to get his his wife murder done before lunch. She ran upstairs and cried out of the window as loud as she could. Brothers, my dear brothers, come help me. Okay, well, the king's definitely going to hear that and know that she's obviously not praying. And there's no way her brothers can get from the middle of the forest all the way to her before the king kills her. He has made it clear that he is on a strict schedule here, lady. (laughs) The brothers were sitting in the forest and drinking some cool wine. The youngest said, I think I heard our sister's voice. Let's go. We must hurry and help her. They jumped on their horses and rode like thunder and lightning. Meanwhile, their sister was on her knees, praying in fear. Well, are you almost done? Bluebeard called from below, and she heard him sharpening his knife (laughs) on the bottom step. (laughs) He's sharpening the knife. It's a little over the top, Bluebeard. Also, if her brothers heard her from all the way in the fucking forest, then Bluebeard definitely would have heard her from just downstairs. Uh. She looked out the window, but could only see a cloud of dust as if a herd were coming. So she screamed once again, Brothers, my dear brothers, come help me. Yeah, they know, lady, they're on their way. Figure out another way to stall. Clearly, the praying thing buy you like three hours so the brothers could get there and the king could figure out how to sharpen his knife because it apparently takes long enough for someone to travel from the forest to the castle. It doesn't really seem like he's in that much of a rush after all. And her fear became greater and greater when Bluebeard called, If you don't come down soon, I'll be up to get you. My knife's been sharpened. Oh shit, he finally got it sharp. I guess something's gonna happen now. She looked out the window again and saw her three brothers riding across the field as though they were birds flying through the air this has taken a while for them to get here for the third time she screamed desperately and with all her might brothers my dear brothers come help me the youngest brother was already so near that she could hear his voice call him yourself <laughs> okay, it's a little it's a little patronizing Another moment, dear sister, and we'll be at your side. Wouldn't the castle have guards and stuff? But I'm guessing that will be conveniently ignored. But Bluebeard cried out, That's enough praying. I'm not going to wait any longer. If you don't come, I'm going to fetch you. Oh, just let me pray for my three dear brothers. (laughs) This praying thing... However, he wouldn't listen to her. Instead, he went upstairs and dragged her down. Then he grabbed her by the hair and was about to plunge the knife into her heart when the three brothers knocked at the door, charged inside, and tore their sister out of his hands. Why did they knock at the door? (laughs) Just charge inside, guys. You know something's wrong. You're in a rush, and the king is trying to get back on schedule for the day. Come on. They then drew out their sabers and cut him down. Afterward, he was hung up in the bloody chamber next to the women he had killed. (laughs) Later, the brothers took their dear sister home with them, and all of Bluebeard's treasure belonged to her. The end. Okay, wow, well, that one wrapped up pretty damn quickly, so the brothers run in and save her, And they just take all the treasure. What about the kingdom? Bluebeard was a king, meaning there was a kingdom. She was still queen, presumably. She could have just stayed and been the queen, ruling over the kingdom. But no, her and her brothers just loot the place and go back to the woods. (laughs) Where are all the servants and the guards? It's like there's nobody else in this entire kingdom. Did Bluebeard just kill all of the other women in the kingdom? And that's why he had to go find a random girl in the woods? Man, in these folktales, kings marry random girls they find in the woods all the damn time, though. In fact, that's usually where kings and princes get their brides in these stories. Man, we've still got so many questions, though. What was the deal with Bluebeard's blue beard? They never explained it, and it pretty much served no narrative purpose. Just made her suspicious of him, but th- that didn't really make a difference. They could have done the whole story and left that part out, and it wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, I guess they used it as a reason for her to tell her brothers that if she screamed for them to come save her, but she could just do that. She could just do that same thing, just because she doesn't know the guy. Or not. She doesn't need to tell them To come help her if she screams for help. She's literally screaming for help. They can hear her. Obviously if they're going to come. If they hear her scream for help. You don't got to establish in advance. Hey if I scream for you to help me. That means I want you to help me. Pretty self explanatory here. But what are we supposed to take from that. As an audience. Is it trying to be like. If someone looks weird, they're probably a psycho murderer, so don't trust them. Because that's fucked up. That's not a good lesson. What about judging people based on their personality? What's on the inside? I mean, granted, on the inside, Bluebeard is a psycho murderer. But I don't see why we needed all the beard judgment before learning that. As a beard haver, I take offense to this. (laughs) I mean, it seems like Bluebeard was just trying to find a woman he could trust, right? Clearly he went about it in a horrible and insane and murderous and super messed up way, and he deserves to be killed, so he deserves everything that came to him here. He could have just let her go, though. Clearly there's nobody else in this kingdom for her to tell. Her and her brothers just took all the shit and walked out. There's nobody here. (laughs) Who knows what happened to the servants from the beginning. But yeah, it would appear that Women are all scared of Bluebeard's Bluebeard, so he was on a quest to find a woman who wouldn't be scared and suspicious of him and would just trust him, which is pretty tragic. I mean, just cut your beard, though, right? Just cut your beard. And also don't be manipulative to people and, like, test them like that. And also, like, don't murder people. That's a pretty good way to earn people's trust by not being a murderer. So... Yeah, he was super insecure about the Bluebeard, and when the women didn't trust him because of that, he freaked out and killed them. Man, actually, he didn't freak out at all. He was super businesslike about it. He's definitely done this many times before. He's like, ah, well, we've had a good few months, but now you must die. Let's just do this now, because I got a tea time at 8.30. want to get on to that. Man, yeah, Bluebeard is a psycho. But it's frustrating, because her prejudice about his looks turned out to be justified. I would have rather her learn a lesson about judging people purely based on their appearance. Instead, nope. She was right to hate him for his appearance because he's a manipulative murderer. But his appearance has nothing to do with the fact that he's a manipulative murderer. Totally separate. It's also firmly established that they were happy together when they were living together before he did this horrible manipulative key test. Which is a really bad test because it's definitely not guaranteed... That she dropped the key in the blood? Also? If she had just held on to the to the key, then he would never have known. Bad test. Bad test, bro. I mean, I do wonder if she hadn't opened the door, then would everything have just been fine? I mean, she wouldn't know that he was a murderer and killed all those people, but maybe he wouldn't ever kill again because he'd found a woman who trusted him. I don't know. I don't I I don't really want to explore that route because he is definitely. The villain of this story and is a horrible person and unjustified in all in all regards but i was right the daughter gets screwed over by the father forcing her to marry this guy she doesn't want to marry and i mean i guess it works out for her because she and her brothers get all the treasure and everything is okay in the end i mean she's definitely traumatized though right bluebeard was so close to killing her he like had her with a knife in his hand that's Fucking terrifying. That'll mess you up. This girl's got PTSD. This is a horrible situation all around. So yeah, there's a lesson right there. Don't force people to marry or be with people that they don't want to marry or be with. Pretty sub-explanatory lesson, but clearly as a society, we still have not learned that lesson. I don't know what other lessons we're supposed to take from this, really. Because everybody kind of sucks here. Bluebeard is a creep and a psycho killer and super manipulative, he's awful, the lady judges people based on their appearances, which isn't great, the brothers are alright, I guess, I mean, one of the lessons we can take from this is to trust your instincts, if they had just made it like she got a bad feeling instead of like, he's got a weird beard, so I hate him, don't, I don't like that they did that, just say like, she's got a bad feeling. Because I definitely think that if you get a bad feeling from someone, you have every right to protect yourself based on your instincts. I mean, don't be mean to someone based on just like a a random feeling or an instinct. That's, That's horrible. But you're within your rights to protect yourself and keep to yourself and not engage with someone if you get a bad feeling about them. Again, don't base that on appearances. I'm referring to when you get like a bad or a predatory feeling from some people. If you get that feeling from someone, you don't have to spend time with them. Or make yourself vulnerable around that person. That is fine. And you shouldn't. You should not engage with that person. You should not be around that person. Don't be mean to that person purely based on an aesthetic or a feeling. If that person does shitty stuff like Bluebeard ends up doing and reveals themselves to actually be a bad person, then yeah. Go ahead. Call that out. Get the fuck out of there. But the last lesson I'm going to take here is to be there for the people that you're close to. Her brothers look out for her. And we all have moments where we need the people around us to help us out or lift us up. So be there to help the people you care about, and they will be there for you too. All right, let's adapt this thing. So this will be a movie, and we've got a woman played by Nicole Byer, comedian, and she owns and runs a theater. Not a movie theater, like a theater where they, they do plays and comedy and things like that. And it's a family business, but her parents recently retired, and they, they gave her the theater to run. And her brothers also work there in the box office and helping her with things and running running everything. But she's in charge. And one day, some big shot shows up, and he'll be played by Danny McBride. And he's like a big-time hotshot who owns and runs a whole chain of theaters and stadiums and arenas and big venues. And he also owns a giant ticket-selling website. And he says he wants to buy her family's theater. And she's like, no, I don't. I don't think... I want to sell to you. We love this business. Our whole city loves us. We know these people. We love these people. We we like supporting certain theater companies and bring whoever we want to perform here. We don't really want to hand over the reins to some big box company who's just gonna jack up prices and, and decide what performances we have. We're not we're not going anywhere. But Nicole Byer's dad thinks it's a good idea. And Danny McBride is like, I'll tell you what, come to my ranch this weekend, we'll have a great time. You could meet some of the other theater owners who've sold to me. And some of them still manage their theaters, but they make way more money now with the exclusive shows and the musicians I get them. And, and they'll show you how great it is to work with me. And Nicole Byer's dad, who will be played by Samuel L. Jackson, he convinces her to go, against her better judgment, so she flies in Danny McBride's private jet to his ranch in Texas. And this begins just an insane weekend where she meets all these eccentric theater owners and just go crazy with the casting for those. Like Amy Poehler, Jack Black, Ronnie Chang. I I don't know why this is coming to mind, but like Wesley Snipes, I feel feel like he'd be awesome. as like a crazy eccentric theater owner. And at some point, all these crazy people are like, yeah, we're going to go drop acid in the hills. You want to come? And Nicole Byer's like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just going to hang out by the pool here. And Danny McBride is like, suit yourself nerd. And they leave And Nicole Byer is all alone in this crazy, elaborate mansion, and she decides to explore. And she stumbles across a secret entrance. She's looking around, and she sees a dictionary in a bookcase. And it's like, who the hell actually owns a dictionary? And she pulls it out. But what she does, the bookcase pops out and reveals a secret door. And she goes inside and sees this crazy room with torches and robes and all these weird symbols and runes written and carved into the wall and masks of animals and aliens and a giant oil painting of naked Danny McBride and, like, a disco ball on the ceiling. And she's like, this is fucking weird. I'm getting out of here. But just as she steps out from the bookcase, she sees Danny McBride and Wesley Snipes staring at her. And Danny says, you know our secret. Now you've got two choices. Either join us, sign this document handing over ownership of your theater, And also partake in the super cool naked spirit party ceremonies we do in that room, or refuse my offer, and die. And Nicole Byers like, I'm gonna have to think about it for a while. And Danny's like, There's no time to think. Join us or die. And then she remembers how into like spirituality Danny McBride is. So she says, Yeah, I just need to to like pray on it and ask my spirit guides. And Danny's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, for sure. Do what you need to do. Keep that spirit tight, you know? And Nicole calls her family and is like, this is going off the rails. He won't let me leave if I don't sign away at the theater. And her dad, Samuel L. Jackson, is like, you know, initially I thought this was a good idea, but I trust you. And clearly this isn't for us. The theater is yours and you're making the decision. He won't let you leave. We're on our way. And Nicole says, no, but then you'll you'll be in danger too. But Samuel L. Jackson has already hung up. He's already rolling. And so Nicole buys time and just plays along with Danny McBride and, and, and friends, all their crazy shit for the rest of the day. And that night, as they're all in the middle of a weird, like mushroom-fueled techno party with barnyard animals and a cotton candy machine, Nicole's family bursts in. And Danny McBride is like, I don't understand why you guys don't just want to come on board and party with us. We're awesome. Look at how fucking cool we are. What's your problem? And Samuel L. Jackson and Nicole Byer, together, they delivered just this great speech about the way we do things might not make sense to you, but the way you do things doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us either. You don't have to agree with our decisions. You don't have to understand our decisions, but you will respect our decisions. So leave us to carry on with what we love and we'll leave you to carry on with Whatever this crazy bullshit is. And Danny McBride says, you know what? I don't know if it's that speech or the mushrooms that I'm on or your whole vibe, which is super cool, Samuel L. Jackson, but I respect your decision and I'll back off. But hey, if you guys ever want to party, even without doing business together, you just let me know. And so Nicole Byer and her family go back to their theater and all is well and they live happily ever after the end. And that will do it for this week's story session. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Come on back next week for a story titled The Golden Children. Come on back next week for The Golden Children. Sounds kind of creepy, if I'm being honest, but we'll find out. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear story sessions.